The Sheriff of Albany County joins us. I'm Bob Cudmore, and this is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 and in the North Country on 96.9 and 1410. Our guest is Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple. Uh, The big topic I want to ask you about, Sheriff, is uh, what they call bail reform. It's actually more than just bail, but just focusing on that. Uh, Some upstate sheriffs, district attorneys, including the one in Albany County, and lawmakers are calling for changes in the way the bail system has changed in New York State. What's your position on this? Well, Bob, I, I, I agree there should be some sort of reform. Um, but unfortunately, the reform that we were told was going to come was in the in regards to low-level offenses, and um, and then the next thing you know, in the budget, there's 400 criminal charges added to bail reform, charges such as manslaughter, charges such as criminally negligent homicide, burglary second. These are violent offenses. I mean, when somebody breaks into your home, steals your property while you're sleeping, I, I mean. That is, that's nothing that you should just be able to walk away from. And that's unfortunate at the time we're living in right now in New York State, and that's what happens. Mm. Um, you know, when somebody takes the life of a young child and walks out of court, that is offensive to me as a New Yorker. I just mm-hmm. cannot believe that this is what's going on in the state at this time. And there's been a drumbeat of uh, news stories. We record uh, on Wednesday, and apparently one a kind of notorious example of someone released. Apparently he did come to uh, court uh, for the next uh, event, if if you will, however that's uh, uh, going to happen. But there's been a whole a number of these uh, stories of uh, people released without bail, uh, charged with offenses that... Uh, the word I heard uh, David Soares, the DA in your county, use is he thinks that, that there needs to be some maybe focus on what he called dangerousness of, a, of an inmate. Well, a lot of this, what's happened is the, um, they've taken the, the power away from the judges. All right, the judges now used to be able to evaluate a risk of flight, a risk to public safety. That's no longer with these charges, with these 400 charges. Now it's a matter of it's almost you're guaranteed to walk right out of court. Um, you get arraigned, but still he has to release. Most of them, you just get an appearance ticket. So, yeah, there is a dangerousness. There's also, there's, you should also evaluate again as far as the public safety risk. What is his history like? Is he, you know, is he a threat to the public safety? I mean, there's a lot of it that they've just stripped the power from the judges. They've stripped power from law enforcement, prosecutors, everything. And this is crazy. Mm. They need to reevaluate this. And what's disturbing is that a lot of, of the public really doesn't know about it because it was put through in the budget process. Now, I attended a dinner recently where I spoke to about 75 to 80 people, and they were blown away when I was telling them what is going on. They were like, what? Wait a minute. You know, and, and there's more than even the bail reform. The discovery portion is somewhat unrealistic as well. And, you know, and that's mostly in the hands of the prosecutors. But we, as law enforcement, have to get this information to the prosecutors in a very, very timely fashion in order for them to be able to sift through all of this data, all of this video, mm-hmm. all of this audio in order to prosecute their case. And there's another chance there, Bob, how I'm, I'm fearful that somebody who committed a heinous crime can walk free. Hmm. 
And uh, you mentioned the other aspect. I mean, it's not just bail reform. It was criminal justice reform. How is the Albany County Sheriff's Office specifically handling this uh, new requirement for for that the prosecution has to give uh, present to the defense uh, information on the cases? I have four people assigned full time downloading body cameras, dash cam video, nine one one audio all of the material that has um, been basically accrued as a result of this call from the time the call comes in to the time the call ends, all that information needs to be copied, downloaded, and transmitted to the DA's office within a week's time. So for the sheriff's office cases, it's not so bad, but don't forget we also dispatch for uh, numerous other agencies. So, you know, we're handling Waterville, Cohoes, Queemans, Green Island, as well as the sheriff's office in addition to all the ambulance corps that we volunteer for or that we dispatch for and all the volunteer firehouses that we dispatch for. All of that information regarding calls needs to be quickly compiled and forwarded to the DA's office so they can then go through it and know what they have in order to prosecute their case in a timely fashion. Now, you just were reelected as uh, sheriff as a, as a Democrat, and it was the Democrats who did this in the uh, legislature and, and Governor uh, Cuomo. Is this a tough position for you politically? No, it's not a tough position for me at all. I mean, I'm elected by the people. I don't, when, you know, I, I don't really ask anybody's enrollment. Um, you know, I'm here to keep people safe, and my job as the sheriff of this county is to make sure that, you know, we've got a a proper public safety system in order. And this is not proper public safety. Um, This is on the verge of negligent. And, um, you know, again, when I think something's going to jeopardize public safety in this county, I need to speak up, whether it's Democrat, Republican, conservative, whatever the case may be. Um, And this is just wrong. And, um, you know, I'm hoping they can fix it. But in general, I mean, did you see that were there problems with the old system of, of bail and the old way of uh, informing the defense about what uh, the prosecution had? So the old system did have flaws. Yes, it did. Um, poor people would spend more time in jail than folks who could afford attorneys. I've seen it. When you run a correctional facility, you see it firsthand. Um, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with trying to level that playing field as far as low-level offenses. But when they tell me they're leveling the playing field now for all cases, I don't firmly believe that a victim of a sex crime or a victim of a robbery or you know somebody who was hit by a drunk driver and seriously injured, that shouldn't be level. That person should have the upper hand. I mean, they didn't ask for this, and that's the problem that we have. And, you know, the defense attorneys say we're fear-mongering. We're not fear-mongering. We're just letting the public know, hey, this is what's going on in your county right now and in your state. And, um, and I think the public needs to know this. And I know that a lot of our area representatives um, weren't really sure exactly how this was going to unfold because, again, it was shoved in the budget. This isn't something that was voted on in the floor. And uh, I think it took a lot of them by surprise. Now, obviously, they got to toe the party line, and I get it. But you know what? It's not right. Hmm. We're talking with the Sheriff Craig Apple of uh, Albany County. Let's um, move on to some some other uh, topics in the news. A missing man. Uh, This was really an unusual case, it seemed to me. A missing 25-year-old man, Zachary Berentis, I believe, was found alive, and he was rescued from a cliff at uh, Thatcher Park 
early this month. Uh, c- can you t- tell us about that case? It's an unbelievable case, Bob. Unbelievable. This individual, um, he's had some mental health illness, and he was fighting some demons. And on New Year's Eve, he was dropped off by an Uber uh, driver in a very desolate part of Thatcher Park. And uh, that was around 10.56, I believe, 10.58 p.m. And he walked a short distance and um, basically jumped off the uh, the edge at the overlook at Thatcher Park. Um, he fell approximately 100-plus feet, hit a shell. Um, basically, what it, the escarpment goes down about 100 feet, and then it goes at about a 60-degree angle around another 100 to 150 feet. He hit... Um, lost a shoe, bounced, lost a jacket, and continued pretty much to lose articles of clothing until he came to a final rest against the tree. We were notified uh, a day and a half later that he was missing. Um, We went up, immediately checked, and we were able to find um, a shoe with our, our team walking the bottom of the escarpment. They then looked down, and they could see a body up against the tree, Um, naturally not ever realizing that this person could be alive at all after that fall. They went down, they found him, and he was speaking to them. It was truly, truly a miracle. Isn't that something? Um, And then, of course, and he is hospitalized now, or he he wasn't badly injured? Well, I'll tell you, I spoke to his mom the other day, a marvelous lady who's been trying to get him help, and um, he suffered a couple of dislocated shoulders his shoulders were placed back in and um, he went and got treatment for hypothermia Um, he did not lose any fingers or toes um, and no broken bones it's 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 unbelievable Um, the good lord was looking out for him let me tell you because he also sat in snow with limited clothing for 70 hours did the uber driver do anything wrong well um criminally no morally i believe so um, and I've taken some criticism for that, but I firmly believe when you drop somebody off in a desolate area in the middle of the night, you have some sort of moral obligation to at least alert authorities, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I just dropped the dude off up here at Thatcher Park at midnight. I don't think that's asking too much. I don't think that would have taken too much. Dial 911 and let it, you know, give us the location and continue on. I don't, fi- I don't think that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I think as a human to a human, that's... That's the least you could do. How did you f- find out that th- this had happened? We didn't know anything about it. Um, when, he didn't, um, when he didn't get back to his group home, they called Mom. Mom's like, wait a minute, I thought he was supposed to be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she called Albany PD. And um, Albany PD, Mom did a, a marvelous job um, of her own investigation, basically. Then we were finally alerted. We went up, checked the area, found out from Uber that he was dropped off there. Unfortunately, we handle a lot of cases like this up in Thatcher State Park. And um, we immediately alerted our team. The first night we searched for two or three hours, darkness um, kind of ended it. And, um, you know, we also have to look out for the, you know, safety and welfare of our officers. Um, there's a lot of ice down there. And in the darkness, you have no idea where you're walking. So we terminated it, picked it up the next morning at 5 a.m., and um, he was found a few hours later. 
Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple joins us on Magic 590's Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore. A story from uh, southern Albany County, I, I believe it is, the community of Queemans. There will be more county deputy sheriff patrols in Queemans. Queemans has its own police department. Will the county patrols mean there will be less for Queemans police to do? Well, I don't really, I don't, I'm not sure what the um, Queemans Police Department will be doing or will not be doing. Um, the town supervisor has asked us to, um, if we could increase our presence down there. Um, there's been a lot of issues in the school district, and um, we have SROs in the school district already. So we've um, we've been down there for several months. So this is really nothing new. Um, we're just kind of formalizing it, mainly because they're going to be giving us an, um, a satellite station down there which is something I desperately need in the southern end of the county. So once uh, we've got two cars a shift down there, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll be augmenting the Queemans Police Department. I know that um, the town has got some uh, fiscal issues that they're working through, so we're just down there to help. Mm-hmm. They're paying county taxes, So um, and again, we've always been down there. So it's really just kind of formalizing our um, our verbal agreement that we had. I just gathered that the... Uh, one member of the police union there said that he thought that there would uh, this would be a prelude to cutbacks of the police department. Well, I know, again, that they've got some fiscal issues that they're trying to straighten out. But, um, you know, again, uh, nobody wants to lose anything. Um, we're just simply down there to augment where the patrols are actually getting increased for the 24-hour period. And um, we're looking forward to working with uh, the chief and his members down there. So many things are in the news day in, day out. Uh, your agency, the uh, sheriff's office, working with uh, Albany County rabbis in the wake of acts of terrorism against Jewish congregations in New York City and its suburbs. Have local rabbis been in touch uh, with your office regarding increased uh, protection and surveillance? Yes. Well, this came from... Um Andrew Joyce, the county legislative chairman, um, reached out and asked, you know, hey, do you think that, you know, we could do something jointly and make sure that they know that, you know, we've got their back and, um, you know, we're here for them. And I'm like, absolutely. And we reached out to all the rabbis in the area and um, hopefully we got them all and let them know, listen, we have numerous programs in place. We can come, we can do risk assessments on your building, um, self-defense, active shooter, you name it, we can offer you that, and we would encourage you to take care of that and, and take us up on it. And um, and we're hoping to come out with a new program in the near future regarding hate crimes um, in partnership with the legislature. Mm. Let me ask you about the uh, Kenneth White case, which happened over five years ago, the death of young Kenneth White. Eventually, his cousin admitted to choking the young boy, but at the time, Child Protective Services would not turn over information to sheriff's deputies about uh, the child abuse. Uh, Kenneth's law was passed a few years back, proposed by uh, Senator George Amador to allow prosecutors quicker access to information uh, that the state has already on its child abuse register. Are, are more changes uh, still needed? Yes. Um, Senator Amador did an awesome job. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he's not uh, running for re-election this year. So 2020 will be his final year as a senator, unless he chooses to do it again at some point in the future. But um, he did a great job passing this law and championing it through. 
and it gave law enforcement access to these records. There still are some technicalities and loopholes that need to be worked through. Um, an example of that is what went on in Troy with that um, six-week-old baby that was mm-hmm. killed with a methamphetamine overdose. They had a hard time still accessing records, and it should not be that we should not be fighting and begging for records to take care of our most vulnerable population. I mean, a six-week baby is completely, they can, there's no way that that person, that baby can defend itself. And law, it's a, that's our job as law enforcement, that's our job as human beings to look out for the vulnerable population. But when there's technicalities and laws that are preventing that, and I'm not faulting Child Protective because they have to abide by the law, mm-hmm. but let's tweak that law to give the access to the law enforcement. I mean, that's the right thing to do. Hmm. We uh, talked uh, about the incident at Thatcher Park where a man was found and survived. There was another case, this was back in December, actually, where uh, unfortunately a, a elderly woman was found deceased near her car in um, West Albany, I think it, it was. She uh, had been following her son uh, in his car in a, in a snowstorm. How did this uh, tragedy take place? Uh, this was a horrible case. Um, they were moving out of the Voorheesville area, moving back to Lee, Massachusetts, mother and uh, son. And um, we're not really sure, nor will we ever probably know, why she got off the highway, but she got off the highway in the area of Everett Road, um, traveled down into an area where there was a junkyard that had an access point to the railroad tracks. How she found it, we have no idea. Drove up the tracks about a mile, turned around, came back down, and apparently got hung up on the rails. Um, She exited her car and um, walked close to a mile tried to get into an abandoned building that is used by the railroad and unfortunately was overcome by the elements and um, she passed away. Um, We have no idea why she was there. We um, have limited information as to how she got there, Mm -hmm. but sadly it took her life. Maybe on on a more positive note, New Year's Eve, drunken driving arrests were down, were they not? Yes. Yeah, this is, um, you know, um, thank God it's been a steady decline. Um, Five years ago, there were about 18. Um, This past, you know, few weeks back, there were three. And one of them happened at 5 p.m. So, um, you know, we credit that to our great law enforcement partners getting out there and educating the public. We credit a lot of that to ride sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, Uber and Lyft have been a a tremendous partner and um, a very inexpensive and safe way to get home. Um, we also credit Martin Harding and Mazzotti for their <laughs> partnership with us for the years of uh, that 1-800-LAW-1010 of getting people home and using an app now. And they do it for 10 to 2 on multiple days, not just New Year's Eve, but other days like Super Bowl and um, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, things like that. The, the, the days where there's a high propensity for um, for drinking. And... Um, you know, it's it's just been a great educational campaign, and it's nice to see that people are finally heeding the warning. The problem that we have, Bob, is that although the DWIs are down, what we're finding are the BACs are up, which means that it's your hardcore drinkers that are out there with just, you know, total disregard for public safety, and um, they're drinking and just still willing to get in that car and chance it. Hmm. 
Also, OnStar was put into service for law enforcement. How did OnStar help recover a stolen vehicle at the Albany that was taken from the Albany Airport? Well, we had a husband and wife fly in. They went and got their car and drove their car over to um, pick up their baggage and unfortunately made the dreaded mistake of leaving it running out in front of the terminal. And, um, and there was an individual who on camera, you could see him lurking about. Um, he had missed the flight and he saw the car running and he jumped in the car and took off. Um, they came out with their baggage, the car's gone. Um, fortunately, they were able to contact OnStar. OnStar was able to alert us to where the car was going and we ended up having a trooper in downtown Albany um, locate the vehicle. And so they got their car back. They got the car back. It was not damaged. Um, the subject gave up. Thank God didn't take anybody on a chase or anything to that effect. Well, that's good. And, uh, yeah, and uh, so it was just good work of, um, you know, good police work with technology. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with our guest, Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple on Magic 590 plus 100.5. Also heard on 96.9 and 1410 in the North Country. And this program will be available as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. I'm Bob Cudmore.